Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Hello, Dumpty Dum. This is Native Heath here. It's been a little while since I've um, done a Dumpty Dum, and I thought I should try and make amends. And the other day I was rooting around in my uh, stationery drawer, and Mm. um, I came across a little box. Oh, crikey. (laughs) Damn it, where is it? It'll break it if you're not careful. Mm. Here it is. Um, and the little box has a little handle on it, and I, out of curiosity, I turn the handle, and this is what happened. Oh, no. Very sweet. Um, and I'm afraid that's all you get. This is Dumpty Dum, the show about the reality docudrama that is centred on average in the heart of the Midlands. I'm the gorgeous Rococo marble-topped coffee table that is Robert Wilson, and with me I have the upturned tea chest in the middle of a bare room that is... Andrew Horn. Oh, and the last part of Ambridge's Antiques Roadshow is you folks. This week's Dumpty Dum is from Native Heath. Very good, too. A lot of work went into that, even though it was slightly truncated. Andrew... If someone wants to send us a Dumpty Dum, how can they do that? If you would like to sing us a Dumpty Dum or leave us a prop prediction, then call us on 0203-031-3105 or leave us a message on SpeakPipe. Thanks to Cosmo for his podcast roundups and for doing the Dumpty Dogs, Shambridge for her brilliant voices, Mike Hatton for his character counts, and to Derek for the loan of the back bedroom. Derek has spent most of the week searching his local antique shops to add to his door furniture collection. He says nothing gives him more pleasure than getting his hands on a new set of magnificent knockers. Dirty devil. On (laughs) this week's episode, we hear views from Wendy, Ash, Claire, New York Nigel, Tom... And Witherspoon. Before we crack on, if you fancy a bit of a, a northeast knees up, why not head on to the Dumpty Dum Meetup on Friday the 18th of July at 7pm at the Tyneside Bar Cafe in Newcastle. It's organised by Dumpty Dummers Jane and Mia. Everyone is welcome. Further details in the Facebook group Ambridge on Tyne. Or you can tweet Mia at Fox on a Ledge. That's Fox on a Ledge. All one word. Right, before the calls, let's brace ourselves, not for Lucy V. Freeman's Week in Ambridge, 
But for Andrew Horn's Ambridge Roundup. <laughs> So what's been going on in Ambridge this well, week? we started on Sunday, which is the episode, the one we pick up the pieces. Oh. And we are uh, continuing our exploration of uh, the Jim uh, situation. So mm-hmm. um, Jim was disorientated. And, and I think one of the things that's been amazing on this uh, storyline is the way Jim nuances uh, every step of the way. So he's very disorientated. Alistair's got the coffee in the papers and they're trying to tempt him to go for a walk before lunch. Um, and uh, then we, we nip over to Emma and Ed, um, who is on this monstrous uh, upcycled coffee table, which uh, sets Twitter <laughs> alight um, and uh, is uh, uh, also reports back that Kate's cleaning isn't up to snuff and, uh, Pigoy has come to her for some help. That was the avocado behind the sofa. It was a bit Alan Bennett, wasn't it? Yes, yes. Um, (laughs) In fact, I think we had the comedy script writers on a lot this week. Um, Alistair and Jazza then are having a beer in the garden, and Jim Jim sticks his head out, and they think they're going to tempt him out, but he takes fright and retreats uh, inside. Um, Jim's playing Bo, uh, Puccini Bohem inside um, where we meet up with him next and I don't know why I tried to think what the uh, the relevance of that particular aria was but I came up with a with a blank and uh, uh, Jim uh, Alistair tries to persuade him to go to counselling um, and Jim actually thanks Alistair and I was thinking I'm not sure when I last heard him actually thank Alistair for anything so mm. that was that was good so he he was open to a certain extent but then made the plea to do it his own way uh, Tim and Ed are um, moving the uh, the contraband and checking where it's all been stashed away in uh, in Ed's barn. And come up with some excuse about straw for a guinea pig when Emma catches them at it. Now, Emma, <laughs> Emma, you can tell was not fooled, but wisely didn't ask. Um, and she reports back that uh, she has indeed decided to uh, take Peggy for double time for the uh, for, for cleaning up the mess. Uh, but she's already spent the money because with extra shifts from the chickens, she will be buying that uh, monstrous coffee table. Um, in Monday, we are, the episode is the one where we were soiled. Um, and <laughs> it happens to us. Yes. We are introduced to uh, Adam and his Soil Academy. Um, the agricultural <laughs> script writer has been getting back in with uh, a whole load of details about 100 harvests that are available for the rest of time and lots of, uh, lots of data in there. We also are now told. We are also told that it is uh, the end of the Oxford term, and Robert, I'm sure you can agree with that. Yes, because uh, Phoebe's appeared and she's done her finals and she's had her 21st party. Um, so yes, the seasons are marked, and uh, and we're now on to the long vacation. Um, Adam and Phoebe get together and they're talking about this dynamic, exciting new venture. And uh, and she comes up with a glorious line about it being well-conceived but not sexy. 
which to me, I suddenly thought, whoa, are, are we now back talking about the surrogacy? Um, <laughs> anyway, anyway, that's, uh, that's where we, uh, where we are with, uh, with, with that storyline. And I have to say, Twitter went on fire with the, uh, with, with, with the Soil Academy and, uh, it will feature later in this show. Hmm. Um, then there's a scene with Lillian and Jazza uh, in the pub and uh, Lillian is, uh, says that she's refused to go on holiday because she's so busy. Now, this just doesn't make sense. And uh, no. we'll come back to it. I mean, Lillian would always go on holiday. Um, and I was this was when I really started getting cross this week. Um, okay. So we will we will we will uh, leave leave that bit of the storyline there and come back to it later on. Uh, so Tuesday, the one where we get down with the kids and sticking it to Pigoy. Yes, mm. this this one was uh, we we leave Jim uh, out for this episode and a little bit of a, a rest from that story, and we have Ben and Emma in a car. So uh, Emma's car gets a lot of uh, action this week. Uh, first, she's giving Ben a list, and he's boasting about passing his test and yes i'm sure i wasn't the only one who thought pride before a fall yes we oh, can yes. see this one coming um and the other bit of news we had was that rosie is coming up to a year old uh no kasha made another appearance with tom um and uh she is uh, uh on top of all the shop needs and uh, bridging the gap between tom and the family uh, pun intended Mm-hmm. And um, and Tom's still angry about the post uh, post up. He really is a little child. That's thirty eight year old. Uh, Piggy and Emma. Uh, so Emma rocks up at Piggy's and uh, said points out how uh, how messy it is, um, and gets a dig in quite quickly about uh, Piggy only giving the money to the family. Uh, but Piggy doesn't pick up on it just then. Um, ben and Rory get together and uh, there's a sort of a bit of a non-scene about uh, Tiggy, from the, the girl from the band. So we'll uh, just skip over that and get back to uh, uh, Piggy, who uh, gets Emma to sit down and have a talk. Uh, she spotted that she's a little down. And Emma finally makes the point that we all made a few weeks ago that it's the... Um, it's supposedly the the Ambridge Environmental Trust, and yet it's only for archers. You know, don't we deserve a chance? You know, the uh, uh, her sort of uh, usual line of uh, being down downtrodden, and and Peggy entertains her so far, and then uh, Emma oversteps the mark and uh, gets put back in her place, and the maid mistress ranks are restored <laughs> at the end of the scene. <laughs> Um, Rory's, uh, sorry, Ben's uh, test was cancelled. Um, really? <laughs> um, I was already writing, I smell bullshit. And then Rory <laughs> called him out on it. And indeed, uh, he can't reverse or do hill starts, which are fairly fundamental to passing your test. Um, no, Kasha is, uh, treats Tom like a little boy that he, that he is. And, uh, um, Again, just as I was writing that, I, I, afterwards I noticed Hilary Cockshaw on Twitter was uh, also called out on this. Um, she pushes him as to why he's uh, he's uh, not happy about the post up, and uh, he confesses that he's worried she's going to leave him. Now, I thought that was surprisingly perceptive for Nokasha, um, and uh, um, the reason comes back later in the week. 
So on to Wednesday, the one with Shula's climb down and Jim's meltdown. We started with uh, with Susan shrieking at Jim's door, and it really was quite a... If you weren't awake at the, the end of the theme tune, you were certainly awake uh, <laughs> uh, five seconds later. Wow. I don't think I'd have opened the door to that. Um, but uh, <laughs> she left him no char- choice but to go to the shop. Um, and we cut to Alan and Shula uh, talking about the art project and the uh, the fact that they should just push it all through and announce it at the fate a fait accompli yes i came up with yeah. a joke but so did about a hundred people on twitter so no don't write in to us <laughs> um we'll leave out uh, jokes about shula tightening her girdle or the girth or was that the horse um, <laughs> but we did revisit the ordination question she now says she thinks it's a silly idea uh, another thing that's not for her so i think we are now know what shula is going to be known as she will be the patron saint of flip-flops because she <laughs> flip-flops from one hobby to another and back again does that make a saint bird at birkenstock or something like that <laughs> oh, i don't know I but she is, oh, she is <laughs> there's another i've got a lovely tweet for you later um, on on this one i think unless it unless it got cut um i know it is in there uh so um alan goes into the shop and jim is struggling uh with the uh with the till and the scanner and i and i really did i was just cringing i it was such a shame to hear him struggle um leading to complicated though to be fair yes i I, I know, but he's you. You knew where it was going. It was going to lead to the first sort of outburst and sort of mm. collapse outside the outside the home. Thankfully, it was to Alan and not to Susan, um, and Alan could calm uh, could calm him down and take yeah. over the shift. Um, we had a little scene with uh, Phoebe going and reporting into into Piggy and. And again, a strange sound right at the uh, at the start of the scene. Um, and I thought, well, w- was that Hilda or was that flatulence as uh, Piggy <laughs> sat down? But um, and, and again, not the only one. Queen of Hearts on Twitter felt felt the same. Uh, and Piggy lied about the cleaning, um, making out the sheet that, that Kate was keeping the house clean. So uh, parallels to. Um, to uh toby lying about emma's cleaning she's the invisible cleaner maybe that should be her brand name so um uh shula then rocks up at uh alistair's and and jim's and um uh, alan has told shula about the meltdown and uh, she so she starts doing her usual let me help let me help me 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 and i have to say for the first time in a long time alistair was abrupt with her um, and actually just sounded almost like his father's son. On to Thursday, the one about pub wars. Now, this episode, um, <laughs> I, I, I've got some other non-tweets of the week, but when we when we talk about this with some of the other calls, I will also bring out, but, you know, what were the script writers thinking about? Um, the Bridge Farm team set up a, uh, a a pub quiz team they've got a space uh to- um tony calls the team the village idiots um which is a, a, unusually perceptive for him uh and lillian <laughs> is banging on about uh about turning down her holiday to sienna 
with, with, with Justin. And you can see, I mean, Justin is now moaning uh, uh, about not seeing her. And you could just sense that something was, uh, was, was, was coming. Cool. Um, as they're sitting down in the, in the pub, uh, Justin comes in and then starts barracking across uh, and uh, getting in the you know, upsetting Lillian's uh, as she starts her comparing of the quiz. Now, Justin wouldn't do that. He just, he wouldn't make a public showing like that. And it got worse throughout the, uh, the episode. Um, it just, I was shouting at the, uh, at the laptop <laughs> uh, when I was uh, making notes on this one. So uh, Tom and Nakesha have a uh, a pointless little uh, bridge scene uh, in the in in the middle bet- between some of the uh, the pub bits with Nakasha opening a bottle of wine and and being very snobby about um, about screw tops, um, which I know ridiculous. It is. Um, Anyway, which is revealed what so she's uh, uh, she's had this little surprise for Tom, and she gives him the grandfather's signet ring, and it's been through the D-Day landings. So if it survived that, it should see him through the Bridge Farm family skirmishes. <laughs> um, and she really is trying to make Tom reassured, and I don't know whether the scriptwriters are setting us up for or whether she's being genuine, and really, I don't care. Hmm. Uh, pub wars continue and it just descends into farce um and then the comedy the the little makeup at the end when lillian realizes that justin's got a point and peace is restored the bridge farm team are reconciled as well and i just think uh it was such a clunky episode and full of things that just wouldn't have happened so finally on to friday the one about the godfather and the counselor um opens uh with emma being rear-ended um in her car Um, and it was an accident but was it we're all thinking Mm. was it an accident um but the chap didn't leave a coded warning so be very very subtle uh a very very subtle threat if that was the uh the point of it jazz and jim having a cup of tea and uh jazz is trying to get jim involved in playing scrabble and jigsaws but um uh jim declined and i felt was sounding stronger than he was on sunday uh you sort of felt a bit of the old jim was 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 coming back emma and ed uh uh are talking and ed is surprisingly verbose not letting emma get in get a word in edgeways uh which is unusual but that is uh, uh, just so she can build up a head of steam and uh, say, well, if you'd listen to me and she tells him about the accident, Ed straight away thinks it's the criminals. Uh, how long was he following you? Have you ever seen him before? So he definitely thinks that um, that it is uh, uh, he's having his card marked. Alistair tells Jazza that he's avoiding Fiona, his sister, hasn't told her. Um about uh the what's gone on with uh with jim um uh, i'm not going to say any more now because we have a call from uh, witherspoon later and we'll pick up on yeah. on that uh ed bowls round and threatens tim um for causing emma's accident uh tim claims he didn't know about it and actually 
I don't know. Maybe he didn't. He says he's checked Ed's story out. Ed's in the clear. Uh, Ed says he wants to walk away. And uh, Tim talks him into staying for another two weeks. So we've got two weeks of this before um, the Rosas turn up and cart him off. And Emma's dreams f- uh, go down the plug. Um, Jim, Alla, Alistair and Jazza have a, another scene. And Jim refuses his uh his help uh they push and they push and i kept thinking it's gonna blow it's gonna blow they push and they push and then jazza suggests getting the police involved and having revenge if he doesn't want counseling and finally jim uh calls time and says uh he's not an imbecile he stomps off and he wants to do it his way he's not doing counseling and that is the end of the week Thank you very much, Andrew. A lot of that I'd forgotten for, for very good reason. I yes, <laughs> well, that, that is the case. But I, I know that, um, and I know it's not it's not funny like a Lucy monologue. And I deliberately decided not to to do it that way because I, you know, I know I'm playing her role in this podcast, but I can't fit those shoes. Um, but I know people also sometimes listen to Dumpty Dum without listening to uh, the Archers. So I felt we needed to set the scene. Yeah. Definitely, definitely. Now, there's a couple of points. We'll only yak on a bit uh, for a while, for, mm-hmm. not, for not a long time anyway, because we've got quite a few callers today, and they make great points that we'll be expanding on. But um, t- Tim and Ed and Emma, where is that going, in your opinion? I think... Um that in these next two weeks they will get that they will get caught um so we can't have yet another ambridge court case can we (sighs) we and another one go to jail would he go to jail I don't know. I'm not. I've no uh, idea. I'm I'm not not even sure what they're doing. They're what they're they're shipping around unlicensed. Well, we thought it was um, farming chemicals at the first. Then someone thought it was actually um, for setting up drugs factories uh, for manufacturing drugs uh, a few weeks ago. And uh, this week I read on Twitter somewhere that uh, um, someone certainly believes it's uh, dumping waste. But that's a rehash of the Brian story. And I don't think they'd they'd uh, they'd do that that one so i think it, it may be feeding a, a a drugs factory but then why would they set up a drugs factory and then move operation uh yeah, set, no it, set it down and shut it down i i, I get uh timothy's point that you know they they do an area then they move on before they're caught so that could be just supplying hooky uh uh chemicals to farmers and then yeah, just like move on baby bio in bulk Yes. But I once mistook baby bio for balsamic vinegar. It was a a terrible incident. (laughs) Oh, dear. You don't want to do that. No, you don't. Um, And then they're going to get the house. You wouldn't set up this storyline, this arc that would go on for years, essentially, 
and then just pull the rug from under our feet to leave us with such a dissatisfying storyline and and and, and denouement as, as, as him going to prison. It, I, I mean, I will I will go off in a huff if that happens. I mean, it could be a shoulder of red herrings and from yeah. the from the script writers, but otherwise, what has been the point of it all? Something's got to happen, and uh, all this with them doing. Um, maybe, maybe it'll be a wedge between Ed and Emma. I mean, it was Emma that pushed him into doing it. He did want to walk away right at the start. He didn't want to get involved, and it was it was Emma. So maybe it, it will play into something about their relationship, uh, and the police just be uh, be a warning. Um, but it sets the rot. You know, he says something in a because he can say things in a fit of pique mm-hmm. um, that that she won't forgive him for i i don't yeah, know i think there'll be a near miss i think there'll be a near miss where he's almost caught he almost gets banged to rights whatever those rights and whatever that banging might be uh but he gets away with it and it's just um a, a salutary tale of uh that if you want to get ahead in life you you have to behave yourself and not deal in hooky chemicals mm. maybe that's the most that will come of that hmm I hope so. And what did you think about uh, Pub Wars? Well, I can't really comment on people that heckle at local pub quizzes. Um, <laughs> Is it your speciality subject? Uh, no, no, I'm not saying. I'm not saying. But um, ask anyone who knows me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I've been busted here. Yes, um, I will often cook myself Sunday lunch, have a couple of glasses of wine, go to the pub. And there's a quiz every Sunday night. And I know all the quiz masters and we barrack each other a bit. And um, yes, I am. I am known. I think I've tried to tone it down a little bit because I've started to annoy myself. And when you start to annoy yourself, you realize how bloody annoying you are. But, but presumably you're barracking about the subject or something like that. The the whole yeah. first first scene was barrack barracking about him actually being there or being allowed to take part and and uh, i just i just lost i just lost i just lost it <laughs> <laughs> i did do, do, do you think justin had been been at the uh, the wine cellar before he got there quite possibly well there has to be some reason because that's just not the way he'd he'd operate he doesn't he he would if he wants to have a go at someone he'll do it privately or he'll maneuver the situation so they're excluded he wouldn't and particularly with Lillian why he he doesn't stand to gain by belittling her in public no and she's so the kind of person i would have hoped that would would not stand for that well, but, she- um <laughs> She didn't stand but for it. But she put up with a lot but, from Tiger, didn't she, in the past? So Yes. Yeah. Who's to say? Okay. We, okay. As I said, we've got lots of calls okay. to get through. Let's so I think we should get on with our first call. And that comes from Tom Collins. Hello, Ambridge3962. Hey, this is Tom in Chicago. I'm a first-time caller in um, but I'm a lifelong listener to The Archers. It was always on at home, but I only really started paying attention to what was going on around the time when Rory was introduced, and that was when I started living abroad, um, and I find it's my little bit of escapism back to the UK. 
I've listened to Dum to Dum now for about two years, and I love that there's a community who likes the archers like I do, even if it's online, because it's quite lacking here in Chicago. Here's some of my thoughts for this week. Um, I'm wondering about Adam's Sexy Mud Academy. It sounds like one of Kate's bucket list challenges. I wonder if Spiritual Home is booked up for the foreseeable. Um, I'm a fan of Shula as well. I know she gets a lot of grief, but it's purely because I had a famous five-story cassette as a child that Judy Bennett read, so her voice is really nostalgic for me. And finally, how has Phoebe only just finished university now? I swear she started, like, last year. Um, Apparently time really flies in Ambridge. Thanks for all your great work. What do you think to what Tom was saying there, all the way from Chicago? Well, I think that the Phoebe one is... uh is they have done it in real time um it, but it does just uh you know time is fl- time flies when you're having fun um so i think that that isn't an error um shula well he likes her because of a childhood memory so that's not really yeah. liking shula is it so that's uh that's fine exactly it's liking the actress and yes and it's 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 a bit proustian isn't it with the madelines i suppose hmm Yes. Alan and, and bucket, do uh, Tom, uh, Tom Pondu Pondu or whatever. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> but the, I like the, uh, the idea of the Soil Academy being a bucket list challenge. I mean, that's gone, that's another storyline that's gone quiet. Um, we had, we just had the two on the, uh, on the bucket list. Or do we have, yeah, we have what three? Is that? Whole storyline all about. It's only about, well, well, we've had Peggy, um, upset the family by reordering, uh, and, and redoing her will. Uh, and, and we set con- conflict among them. Uh, how could we get Peggy to use her money as uh, a tool to divide her family yet again? And that's it. And yeah. I don't know. I, I just don't find it very inspiring. No, no. But I was meaning the little bucket list challenge, which appeared as a way of getting naked swimming uh, and the spider Webster in yeah. the stupid text with the to everyone about we've named the baby. We're going to name the baby after you. Uh, oh. But but now that's just been dropped. And I, I, I think Tom's right. It does sound as daft as one of Kate's uh, uh, bucket list challenges. The facts behind it are quite pertinent that we are abusing our soil. I mean, and he did, I mean, he has been into soil <laughs> for quite some time because uh, remember the storyline story two, three years ago when. With the herbal lays. With, with the herbal lays, yes. Yeah. There was a lot of cracking and poor topsoil, but I wouldn't know poor topsoil if it came up and was kicked in my face. Yes. Or yes, blew blew across your path. Um, exactly. No, but then you're not a farmer, and uh, and, That's true. and he's and, and and don't forget his he actually did spend years in Africa farming, so he's he's always been oh. of the uh, of the home farm ones. He's always been the most uh, sort of in tune with with, with nature, um, if you exclude Kate. Um, well, I think the other point about Phoebe, uh, I, I know Tom was talking about the time scale, but something else that came up and a few people uh, picked up on on Twitter. So um, Tiny World of, World of Shell, at Shell's Tiny World, made the point. So Phoebe's talking about work and career, and all the old women want to know is about the boyfriend. Um, mm-hmm. uh, yes, that's she had pretty much the same conversation with, Piggy and with uh, with Lillian, uh, and that's quite realistic, really, isn't it? Yes, and I think that's just a thing. They don't know about thing. the world of Oxford and and yeah. 
what yeah. it takes to get a first, they, they wouldn't know subfusk from, yeah, I don't know what. And, uh, and I just confirmed that the point she made about, um, oh, she took, she took someone to a May ball. Um, that does not make you, uh, at the point she was making, that doesn't make him, uh, uh, her boyfriend. I was, uh, I was asked to accompany someone to a May ball. Um, she was a viola player and had a, mm. had a plus one. So I, uh, I went purely platonically, um, and, uh, a very good evening. It was two. But yes, Mabel's uh, Mabel's are uh, surreal from start to finish in the survivors' mm. photo. Well, I work on one every other year, and um, <laughs> it goes on far too late for my liking. Right? Now, shall we hear yes. from the rest of Ash? Because um, yes. I accidentally deleted him from the from the system, so I'll put him back in. Okay, and I'll give him fair warning. Ash, are you standing by? Yes, he is. Go on then, Ash. Hi, it's Ash and Broccoli. There's just one thing I wanted to get off my chest, first of all. Um, I listened to everyone sharing about how affected they were and impressed with the scene um, between Jim and the others when he disclosed his past abuse. And I, I, feel, in, I f- feel quite similar. Um, but the thing that made me feel a bit icky was a couple of days earlier when Shula was actively encouraging him to make some kind of disclosure to her. Now, I wouldn't say she bombarded him but she was actively pressing his buttons. And a woman of her age and experience, she must have known fine well what the likely cause of his disturbing behaviour that she's seen um, was. And then she was told um, that he'd made a disclosure by Alistair and she just can't keep her beak out, can she? I don't like her and I don't like her mode of operation. And that's it. Thanks for all you do. And um, I'll call again again soon. But that is, that is Shula in a nutshell, isn't it? That it's me, 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 me. She's so solipsistic and even her attempts to be altruistic are ultimately narcissistic. Yes. And I just think uh, the, I've written pretty much that in my, uh, in my notes, but I've also, I just think, you know, was she aware? I I don't think she is aware. She's not aware no. that this is what, uh, you know, she's she's doing her, uh, you know, wanting to help, um, but she's wanting to help because it helps her um, perception of how good she is. And there's nothing wrong with wanting to help people and that making you feel good about who you are, uh, but she, she does that all the time. That, all the time, and that is her main... Her main uh, reason for doing it, the raison d'etre of her charitable, humanistic, religious works, uh, is simply to make herself feel better about who she is. Yes. It would seem. I uh, I agree. I don't like disliking her this much. <laughs> because she's a core character? Well, I just, I, I feel uncharitable or incharitable, mm. whichever is the correct term, for just disliking her when... When I really shouldn't, I should just go, oh, that's what she's like. Fair enough. There are people like that. Mm. We're never going to change her. She's never going to change. Let's just let her get on with it and see if we can pick up the pieces afterwards. But there is something that really, really grinds my gears about her. And I used to feel the same way about Linda. And now, of course, I don't feel that way about Linda because I realize that actually there is something deeper and more more wholesome about linda yeah really i, I think th- they've let Shula become a bit two-dimensional around this 
it's that is her character, whereas Linda is more nuanced. Um, but I think uh, Alistair was right to try and exclude Shula um, and mm. not not tell it. If he's not telling, if he's not telling Fiona, then he's quite right not to tell Shula. But we do have a call later from Witherspoon who disagrees yes. with you. Yes, well, should, can you? Um, and I'm not sure where I fall. I'm going to play Witherspoon at the end. Oh, at the end, right? Okay. Yeah, I think. Fine. So because, we'll, we'll come back to that. Yeah. Yeah. So, so keep keep that thought in mind while we listen to Claire. Hi, Dumpty Dum. It's Claire from Clapham here. I haven't rung in for a few weeks, um, and I just wanted to say something about Jazza. Now. I just want to preface this by saying, of course, Jim has been the victim of you know, terrible things and absolutely needs the right help and support and um, is very much the focus in all of this. But on the edge of the recent revelations, Jazza was there and was included in the start of that conversation and Alistair bundled him off down to the pub Um sort of because he's not family and yet you know Jim felt that he could open up to Jessa and I've really felt through this last couple of weeks it's been interesting to see how on Friday's episode Alistair was actually evidence some support for Jessa because I had been really concerned that you know he's carrying around you know, the burden of this information, he can't do anything about it, he can't help his friend, he doesn't know what to do for the best, um, and he can't talk to anyone but Alistair about it. Um, so I was really pleased to see them supporting each other, and I, I echo the comments from other people about how it's great to see men open up and share and talk about their feelings. I set an example for people. Um, but I don't know where Jazz is going to go with this, and I, I do hope that he isn't excluded all the way along um, because, you know, he was included when Jim wanted to share and therefore he has some status in that whole situation, I guess. Um, yeah, I wonder what this been makes of it. Anyway, keep up the good work and I'll speak to you soon. Bye. Bye. I mean, that, yeah, I mean, there's, there's a really good point there that um, I hadn't really thought about, which is... Um, Jazza was sounding quite not not vulnerable, but um, his level of helplessness is is not something that um, you're used to hearing. Yes, and and his fallback on well, actually, what we need to do is you know give him a you know, I want to rip his head off. I think that was probably last week, um, but it, it did pop up a couple of times this week. You know, we need to do, and even on Friday. Well, if you're not going to have counselling, then you know revenge is sweeter get the police involved um that's his his way of dealing with it but i i am impressed with jazza he's i i hadn't really thought about the the point that claire makes that you know he's got no one to talk to apart yeah. apart from alistair but he he didn't talk to anyone he is keeping the confidence he had he mm. went down and was drinking whiskey at lunchtime in the pub because he's Tuesday. carrying what he sees as a terrible secret. And yeah. it's, it's really hard to keep secrets. They, yeah. they, they prey on you. But he didn't tell... feed on you. Lillian could tell that he was down in the dumps about something, but he didn't, he didn't even hint. So he, he, is, he is keeping it. 
Um, but, and, but that is so true of what Jazza is like, and you see that through uh, all his actions, that he's a very loyal and almost... Um, he, he's loyal, and there's, there's a, a distinct, if only his unique morality that he carries throughout the whole of the program. And you see that with his interactions with Tom, with uh, his interactions with Fallon, when he uh, carried a torch for Fallon. But even even so, when he realized that she was in love with Harrison, he tried to get them together and make that work. Mm. Yeah, he's he so, is he is sound. It's just he's got a limited uh, toolbox in terms of responding, hasn't he? So he, that's and mm. I'm not saying that. Well, there is something wrong with just going along and punching someone in the face, but he, he, he an old man in a wheelchair, um, or whatever he's done. But and however horrific it is, but it, it's, it's an understandable reaction. But actually, is it only Jazza's frustration? Would he actually do it? I'm not. I think various people were saying, "Oh, Jazza, don't, you know, don't, don't go and do this." Um, um, and it's certainly not the way we want uh, Jazza's story to to develop. But I think it is, it's just his way of showing his frustration because he feels he's he's a very practical person, isn't he? You know, give him a yeah. problem, he'll he'll try and fix it, uh, but he can't fix this one, uh, and Jim won't let him fix it. Um, Alistair has to have. You know, his occasional time with his dad and just show, you know, I'm your son. But yet Jazza is also part of the uh, of the conversations. But he's quite right, I think, Alistair, sometimes to, to send Jazza off because, mm. you know, when Jazza gets too feisty, um, Jim will just go back into his shell. So what we're looking at here is three men mm-hmm. who have three different approaches to dealing with this kind of problem. So you have Jim, who wants to push everything down and forget about it. What's done is done. I want to move on. Because there's nothing I can do. Yeah. You've got Jazza, who wants to wreak some kind of revenge or retribution. And then you have Alistair, who wants to talk about things. Yeah, and try and heal with some understanding and counselling. Because yeah. that is the only thing. I mean, it's interesting. Alice is not trying to get Jim to go to the police. No, because that's not the most important thing. Now, the most important thing is that Jim is able to heal. Yes, but the, but police might be a, pro- a part of that. Who knows? Mm. But yeah, and I hadn't really thought that they. I, I, last week when I was talking to Lucy, and I said, "Well, you know, it's three men dealing with this in, in a different way," but I didn't realise that it was the three archetypal ways in which. You can, you can deal with these things. Very yeah. interesting. Shall we hear from Wendy now? Hi, this is Wendy. I'm a third time caller in a Just wanted to echo probably what lots of listeners have said when they've called in, uh, artist listeners and dumpty dummers. Just how incredibly moving the episode was when uh, Jazza and Alistair were told by Jim what had happened when he was an eight-year-old. I thought it was so moving and just really well acted and well written. And I was quite surprised that we did actually get to the bottom of that particular storyline as quickly as we did, given that lots of other storylines have have been dragging on and some storylines just don't seem to have cleared up. So it was really good in a strange sort of way to have that storyline cleared up, even if it was 
it's so incredibly sad. A couple of plot predictions. I was wondering if Jim might perhaps open up to Alan, which I thought would be a bit of a curveball given his dislike and distrust of all things church related. I also was thinking what's going to happen to Ed and Emma because I think that's a ticking time bomb, perhaps quite literally, uh, where the chemicals are. Um, obviously, someone's paying to find them and I just think there's just going to be so much trouble from that. And also Peggy, I don't know whether or not I'm being a little bit too cynical and perhaps being a bit heartless where the writers are concerned but she keeps referring to you know her financial advisors and uh, I'm not sure if she's mentioned any sort of trustees yet but I thought I wonder if there's going to be a problem where perhaps the money may not actually be there or there might not be as much of it or it won't be as available so whatever potential family problems could be caused there might not be any um, because the money might disappear Uh, anyway love the podcast and uh, take care bye Thanks, Wendy. Um, we can't have another where's the old lady's money storyline, <laughs> can we? Because we've already had that with Auntie Christine. Peggy had, about 10 years ago, Peggy had a story about uh, losing all her money, and now suddenly she's rolling in it again. Did you, I, I don't, don't know. I don't I remember don't her losing her money, but... Um... Well, uh, not losing it all, but there was... Uh, I think it was around the time of the stock market crash or a couple of years oh, after right. the credit yeah. crunch. And then Brian Brian um, introduced her to his financial advisor and, um, and she moved a few things about stocks and shares mm. or whatever and equities and I don't know. And she got herself back on a... a a decent footing but um but these things happen from time to time but this the whole as we touched on today this whole i'm not even sure whether it's legal to ha- to be able to dole out your money in a prize like this i mean i don't know much about it maybe one of our listeners is a trust uh an expert in trusts and the rules around it and uh and has something to to to, to say because i know there's a uh, there's quite a lot of rules around it but it's not uh it's not an area of my expertise no, it's not. So we'll we'll steer clear yes. of offering legal opinions and legal <laughs> advice on Dumpty Dum. <laughs> I think okay. so. New York Nigel now. Hello, Dumpty Dummers everywhere. It's New York Nigel here, still disappointed at not being able to make the meetup last week. I had family in town and I couldn't get away on Friday evening. Just a quick word about the gym story. When I was in my very early 20s and at theological college, being gay wasn't an option in the Church of England. Maybe it isn't even now. I was told to go to one of those religious ex-gay counselling services and I was young, I was scared, I didn't know what the future was going to bring. So with a heavy heart, I went to an organisation called Turnabout, which is now called True Freedom Trust. And the ex-gay counsellor I saw told me that I was afraid of the touch of another man. He turned off all the lights, he proceeded to hug me and act in a way that I can only describe here as extremely inappropriate. I was humiliated, I was scared, I was deeply angry. It took me years to address what had happened and I told no one because I was so ashamed had bad dreams even after I met the man I fell in love with 30 years ago and who's still my spouse. Therapy helped enormously and about 10 years ago I was able to write to the organisation to tell them that I'd forgiven them but I'll never trust people like that again. And the people I've since told in my church, amongst my friends, family, they couldn't have been more helpful or more understanding but it's always the survivor's story to tell. It's nobody else's. 
and I hope that the people in the small village will understand that. I'm very moved by the Jim story for all sorts of reasons. The intersection of church, sex, and the role of family and community in healing. I, I think in the end, what happened to me has made me stronger, made me better able to be with those who've been through similar traumas. So thanks for this community. I, I hope there'll be a meetup in New York again soon. Bye now. Wow. Gosh. Um, wow. Yeah. It's amazing that um, this little podcast um, allows people to share things like that. Yeah. Um, uh, and whilst we're um, uh, just, just pause there, that we have had an email in this week from Anonymous uh, yeah. called uh, Thank You Dumpty Dummers. And it says, Lucy, please can you thank the wonderful Dumpty Dummers who reached out to me through the Flick app, both on the thread and in private message after our conversation and my disclosure following Jim's storyline. I can never tell my family. No good will come of it. And the bastard is now dead, so I cannot report him. My Dumpty Dum world felt like the safe space to whisper my story. I know I'm not alone, and I reach out to all those others too. Thank you all. Kiss, kiss, kiss. Goodness. I, I don't know what to say in response no. to things like that. Um, I don't have any experience of that. Um, but I do know that people find it important to, when they feel comfortable, to talk about it. Yeah. So thank you very much for sharing. Thank you. And I, I, don't, really have any, I don't really have anything else to say to no, you or Nigel. I don't I think just we need to. No. That was, uh, yeah. I don't think we need to. Greetings, Lucy, this week's co-host, Millie Bell, and all Dumpty Dummers around the world. It's well. <laughs> Witherspoon and Angus Haggis here. We hope you all had an enjoyable 4th of July and are looking forward to the village fate. Thinking a lot about Jim this week, as we all are. Here are a few points to discuss. First, we witnessed his confusion and memory problems, which are symptoms of what is called pseudo-dementia. He's not suffering from actual dementia, but symptoms that mimic the syndrome secondary to depression or other psychiatric illnesses. In this case, he's experiencing an acute stress disorder following not just the sighting of his long-ago abuser, but the entering of the abuser into his personal space and life. What to do next? The scriptwriters just can't let Jim struggle alone on a leaky raft in an ocean of emotions, but it's against Jim's personality and history to seek therapy. As has been noted, British people of a certain age, such as Jill, Peggy, and Jim, don't seek outside help unless it's from a cleric. Jim certainly won't seek help from Alan. At least I don't think so, but perhaps that will be the ironic twist here. Group therapy would be a good idea, too. As for Alistair, he certainly could use some counseling as well. He has many issues related to the relationship with his father and, the, and this revelation to work through here. I'm not comfortable with Alistair not confiding in his ex-wife and certainly disagree with his not telling his sister about what's going on. Alistair is perpetuating the notion of a shameful secret not to be talked about. Finally, Jazzer. All I'll say is, don't do anything rash. This isn't how we want you to get a big storyline. A lot to unpack here. Talk to you soon. Well, there you go. Well, we, we said that Witherspoon disagrees with you about Alistair not confiding or, or sharing Jim's confidence okay. with Shula and with Fiona. Okay, so, so why, me, why do you think he shouldn't well, say anything? Okay, 
I certainly don't think he should talk to Shula unless he's spoken to Fiona. I think if you look at the mm-hmm, yeah. where the where the news should go, Fiona, I think Fiona should be told. I, yeah. I do. I, I absolutely agree. I don't disagree with Witherspoon. Um, we rarely disagree on anything. Um, but I do understand that Alistair is torn um, hmm. as he's respecting Jim's decision. And it's Jim who has said, tell no one. Now, does Jim really mean don't even tell your sister? Um, uh, that's right. That's Alistair's call. And, and he obviously feels that. I, I think he certainly should tell Fiona. Shula's different because, yes, she was part of the family for a long time. And uh, Shula and Alistair didn't particularly get on, but they have done more so recently. But we can't try. Can we, <laughs> we come back to trusting Shula? We come back to this whole, <laughs> will she just turn it around to a me, me, me story? Uh, and if I was more sympathetic towards Shula, I would absolutely agree that Fiona and Shula should be told. But um, uh, Fiona, certainly. Uh, um, and and uh, we, as we said earlier, Jazza, don't do anything stupid. Yeah, absolutely agree with with that. I, I was also I had not heard of uh, pseudo dementia, so thank you, Witherspoon, for yeah. uh, for talking about that because um, it, it does sort of make sense how some sort of you know acute stress could then you know affect you know other sort of aspects and ways of ways of coping um, that hopefully if he can work his way through it, he'll be back to his normal self. And uh, finally, um, for the oceans of emotions. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I guess that might've been used before in, uh, in his line of work, but I thought that was a lovely turn of phrase. I've got a plot prediction now. And this is from Rafonso, Ralfonso B. And uh, Rafonso says, uh, Nakasha, no Kasha will sign the post up. Then successfully win Peggy's half a million, which Tom and the rest of Bridge Farm losers will then have no ability to claim for themselves. Mm, well, I think they're they're doing a, a dual application now, uh, and then Bridge Farm will go into bankruptcy, and no cash will buy them out. Oh, did, I think we did that one last week. I'm not sure why I've got that one again, but anyway, I, if we did that one last week, I still think you're wrong. I think I don't think anyone's going to win this money. I think Peggy will meet her own fancy man and go on a perpetual world cruise using all the money to do that. And I think that's exactly what she should do. But anyway, <laughs> and then we have one final email, don't we? I think this one is over to you. This one's from uh, Too Shy to Call. Uh, hi, folks. Lots of chat on the various channels about how sad everyone is about going the ongoing storyline about poor Ed and poor Emma and how they're going to lose the house, etc bollocks to that i couldn't give a (laughs) bum about their precious house ed knows fine well what he's doing it is criminal polluting and deeply deeply dangerous anyone else caught dumping toxic waste for that is what we are led to suspect or, or worse and we would happily throw away the key although emma does not know the extent of ed tim's crimes she encouraged him to break the law in the first place in pursuit of personal profit the justification for this is is a deposit for their precious house. They are not destitute and it is not their divine right to own a house. It definitely does not give them the right to take actions which could pollute the air, contaminate soil, water, kill wildlife and become a major public health issue. 
Ed was admittedly trapped into the situation by the duplicitous Tim, but if he hadn't put bending the law and the interests of himself and personal gain before greater good, then he wouldn't be in this situation. Sympathy? None. Or maybe 5%. Big Snogs, love the podcast. C.S. McKiddy, too shy to call. Well, uh, Big Snogs to you too. Uh, next time, just call in. Just call in. I'd love to hear the voice behind that emotion. So would I, yes. It was very good points made, and I agree with most of it, apart from I don't want them to get caught. Because uh, sometimes I think people should just get away with stuff. Because uh, we're getting away with this now, Andrew, aren't we? Let's we face it. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Time now for our social media roundup with Millie Bell. Good day, everyone. Well, we started the week on Facebook with a great little uh, pick from uh, Stuart Arendale, who put up a certificate that he believes Adam Macy has been awarded with. It's called Sexed Up Soil Academy, Another Sodding Degree. Adam <laughs> Macy has completed all the sodding requirements as prescribed by the Borsetshire Board of Education and is completely unsoiled, grounded and down to earth. Thank you very much for that. I must admit, just before uh, it was suggested that the Soil Academy needs to be more sexy, I thought, that's not a very sexy name. And it turned out that I wasn't the only one that thought that. Um, we also discussed the fact that Emma is right. If Peggy really wants to save the planet, she needs to open it up to everyone. Who else could win the money, we wondered. Jenny Allen said, I'm very surprised she can create a trust just for a small number of family members. I'd expect this loses almost all the tax benefits for a start. However, even if she can, it was astonishing not to invite Lillian and Justin. Justin oversees the largest farm in the area, so weird to exclude given actually that's where environmental change could be scaled up most effectively. It's just a vanity project. Uh, Betsy Jones said if Peggy really wants to save the planet, she should give the money to an NGO with existing infrastructure, proper scientific research and evidence-based practices. Instead, she gets half a million pounds worth of fruit trees and a plaque with her name on it. And lots of people thought it was the plaque that she was actually paying for. Um, Doth Eden said, I think she should open it up or not as she wishes. It's her money. Uh, 
Uh, that's true, absolutely, Dolf. I think the thinking was, though, that she was saying it was to save the planet, and therefore a bigger audience might get a better result. Uh, Dave Richardson said just a few weeks ago, Peggy was encouraging Kate about her business capabilities. I reckon that's where it's going to end up. Uh, great prediction there from Dave. Sandra Jenkinson says, Emma seems to think that the winner would keep the money. Surely it would fund the winning projects. Lots and lots in that vein. We had lots of ideas about who might win it and why. And uh, we would love you to continue to get involved in that discussion. We also wondered why Peggy let Phoebe believe that Kate was responsible for the cleanliness of the house. We thought that was a bit rugged. And Melissa Williams said Peggy was pissed Emma stood up to her. That was her last cleaning job there, I can assure you. She was not about to give her credit to Phoebe. Um, Matilda Southwood said that Peggy took Kate on as a project and didn't want to admit that the experiment had failed. And Jean Bell said trying to save face as she would have to admit she was letting Kate get away with not doing as she had promised. No need to protect her really as Phoebe is under no illusions about her mother. This is the second time Emma has not been given credit for a job well done. Toby was not honest about the cleaning at Rickyard. That's so true. I wonder why Emma doesn't just start up her own business. Um, and Matilda <laughs> Southwell said, what a horrible snob she was when she said, I rather think you should, when Emma said she should be getting on with the cleaning after talking about the Ambridge Fund being exclusive. Perhaps she touched a nerve and we'll see a change in the terms of the funds soon. Um, I agree with you, Matilda, and I think that Peggy's comments are often old-fashioned and come over as being quite um, uptight and almost rude. So I think you're absolutely right. Um, I didn't like that comment either. And if that had been um, pointed towards me, I would have. I think I would have taken a bit of offence at that. Uh, we put up a poll because I don't see why Yerkel Bear should be the only one that puts up polls. And I won't tell you how long it took me to work out how to do it because I hadn't done one before, but I did it. And we said, did you pick that Tom and Natasha would bypass the family agreement and organise to put in a bid for the environment project money? Now, the, one of the reasons why I put in uh, the question is that so many people like to not just predict plot lines and then say, I predicted this three weeks ago, or I predicted that seven weeks ago, or I predicted this recently. And I always think, um, probably more gracious just to say, oh, you know, I thought it might go that way. <laughs> Anyway, I put up the poll, and guess what? 94% of people thought that Tom and Nash Natasha would bypass the family agreement. That's huge. So the 6% who didn't, if you're right, please feel free to say to us, I predicted that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I also put up a post for an Archer's get-together. Um, that's going to be held in Newcastle-upon-Tyne. I didn't know if that might um, appeal to a few people. And on a serious note, I just wondered how you help someone who's been traumatised but doesn't see professional support as an option. Um, I know that when I was counselling, I rarely saw older people. It was mainly um, middle-aged people to people about in their 20s who would come freely and sometimes an older person would come and say their doctor has suggested it now I was only a counsellor I wasn't a psychologist or a psychiatrist but it's uh, I did notice even then that there seemed to be a group um, a demographic that was missing uh, so John Calston Merritt said you cannot force therapy on people it has to come from a willingness to change but you can guide in that direction um, and Barb Danielson says he needs time and patience and gentle suggestions or maybe some info left around. He needs time to think about how he wants to handle this. I agree that Alastair could benefit from counselling as well. 
and my guess is that Alan will end up helping him. Um, and we, of course, we also saw that Will was offered um, a leaflet to talk about counselling, and he ripped it up as well. So we have a little way to go. We've, ha- as we've said many times, we need Witherspoon in Ambridge for a little while, and then everyone will see the benefit of counselling. Although I do fear that Witherspoon would be very, very busy. And uh, on the Flick app, I just wanted to let you know there is a, a lovely thread about Jim. So uh, if you would like a much more immediate response or be able to respond very quickly and uh, on, on a page, then please go to our app because that is on fire. Uh, that's all I have for this week. And uh, until a fortnight when I'm on again, uh, I leave you in the capable hands of Yokel Bear and Yokel Bear. I'm glad that you are promoting the option for having Doctor Who with the Archers. I really can see some great storylines there. But just to let you know, I am available if um, he needs he or she needs a companion. Anyway, until I speak to you in a fortnight, I say to you, hooroo. Thanks, Millie Bell. But no, we're not having a Doctor Who Ambridge crossover. I said this last week. I said again, no. Okay, good. Okay. <laughs> Shall I do some tweets? I think you should. Okay. Right. Well, I've had to cull the list because there was a, I got so excited about these. There were so many. Um, I think I had about, I had about <laughs> Only 495. I, I did have about 15 to 20. So I oh, no. went through and culled them. Five or six. Okay. So, well, I think we might have seven. Um, anyway, <gasps> we're got starting it. with some that are about the uh, Soil Academy. Um, and the first one links back to the previous week. And it's from Andrew's Second City Suit. If you've been affected by Adam's Soil Academy, a BBC helpline is available. <laughs> the next one is a, is, a, is a sort of a call and response two-hander. So Matt, Matt Underwood, tell me more about this Soil Academy, said no one ever. To which uh, uh, Ambridge Pony Club, Jen Stevens said, uh, first rule of Soil Academy is... No one talks about Soil Academy. <laughs> and Buggy Swires, Brian Holding. I'm all in favour of topsoil, especially if a few tonnes could be dumped on Adam. <laughs> and the final one in this uh, little mini thread is uh, Paul Truman. Adam. And when you graduate from the Academy, you'll get a special badge that reads, I've soiled myself at home farm. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Uh, I like that. Yeah. Uh, now, moving on, uh, Jenny, <laughs> Jenny Williams, Emma's prang is your first warning, Ed. It'll be Peppa's pig head in your bed next. And a little, uh, <laughs> little pig's head emoji. Um, Miranda, uh, a team called the Village Idiots in Ambridge can't just be short of one player. <laughs> Very good. Uh, Kerry Warbis, Nokasha. Because I have given you an old ring, you will now be hypnotized to believe all the bullshit that spews forth from my collagen filled <laughs> lips from here on. <laughs> We're almost there, folks. Uh, Jasmine McCreary, I presume this is a spoof account. Um, sorry, Alan, I've realized that I'm actually a very shit Christian. That's all right, Shula. <laughs> I knew that all along. <laughs> and tweet of the week is from Howard Morrison. I do hope that Emma is an exceptional shag. There's got to be some compensation for having to listen to that voice. <laughs> oh, that's outrageously sexist. Well, I, I, feel probably that, true. I feel that I'm allowed to pick that as Tweet of the Week because I noticed that Lucy V. Freeman and three others have liked it. 
Oh, well, that's all right then. <laughs> so it has her seal of approval. Has, has liked something sexist, <laughs> then well, that's all right. No, particularly Lucy, as this is her segment. Oh, yes. Excellent. Thank you very much, Andrew. Now... We've almost reached the end of the show. In fact, we probably have. Remember, to get in contact, you can speak to us by voice message, and that's via SpeakPipe, yes, on the website. Or you can call 0203-031-3105. That's 0203-031-3105 to leave a message. You can find Millie Bell at Dumpty Dum on the Twitters. That's at Dumpty Dum. And Andrew is at... At and Andrew Horn UK. You can repeat that again if you like. Well, it was in red, so I was going to. Andrew Horn UK. <laughs> That's <laughs> Andrew Horn and, UK. Yeah. And I put, where, I put where it in you? red, but I read it out. I know. And oh, where well. are you? Oh, well, I'm in my bedroom at the moment, if you must ask. <laughs> You're and naked fingers. Be, <laughs> yes. Well, my fingers are naked. And I can be found at Naked Fingers. Folks, that's the first uh, all-male two-way on Dumpty Dum. Uh, I feel very hot, sweaty, uh, and I'm privileged to have done that. Thank you very much, Andrew, for yeah. all your help. And, and uh, uh, for next week, I will... Instead of just riffing off my notes at the start, I'll try and turn it into some prose. Do whatever you feel like. <laughs> I've realised I've not done one of these for a couple of years now, so it's been it's good to be back, and uh, I shall join you next week. Yes, don't worry. Lucy and Royfield haven't run off together, and they haven't been imprisoned for smuggling dodgy farm <laughs> chemicals around the country, and they haven't won half a million pounds from Peggy. They are otherwise engaged and not in that sense uh they'll be back in a couple of weeks time andrew and i will be back next week until then au revoir or is it arrivederci oh i've been in rome (laughs) hasn't it it's arrivederci want flexibility take yoga want flexibility with your health insurance check out united healthcare insurance plans underwritten by golden rule insurance company they offer flexible budget-friendly medical dental and vision coverage that may be right for you more at uh1.com mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for mother's day than whole foods market they're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.